Chapter Twenty of the Little Minister. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Little Minister by J. M. Barry. Chapter Twenty. End of the State of Indecision. Long before I had any thought of writing this story, I had told it so often to my little maid that she now knows some of it better than I. If you saw me looking up from my paper to ask her, what was it that Burse said to Jean about the minister's flowers, or where was Hendry Munn hidden on the night of the riots, and heard her confident answers, you would conclude that she had been in the thick of these events, instead of born many years after them. I mention this now because I have reached a point where her memory contradicts mine, she maintains that Rob Dow was told of the meeting in the wood by the two boys whom it disturbed, while my own impression is that he was a witness of it. If she is right, Rob must have succeeded in frightening the boys into telling no other person, for certainly the scandal did not spread in Thrums. After all, however, it is only important to know that Rob did learn of the meeting. Its first effect was to send him sullenly to the drink. Many a time since these events have I pictured what might have been their upshot, had Dow confided their discovery to me. Had I suspected why Rob was grown so dour again, Gavin's future might have been very different. I was meeting Rob now and again in the glen, asking, with an affected carelessness he did not bottom, for the news of the little minister. But what he told me was only the gossip of the town, and what I should have known, that Thrums might never know it, he kept to himself. I suppose he feared to speak to Gavin, who made several efforts to reclaim him, but without avail. Yet Rob's heart opened for a moment to one man, or rather was forced open by that man. A few days after the meeting at the well, Rob was bringing the smell of whiskey with him down Banker's Close, when he ran against a famous staff, with which the doctor pinned him to the wall. "'Aye,' said the outspoken doctor, looking contemptuously into Rob's bleary eyes, so this is what your conversion amounts to. Faugh! Rob Dow, if you were half a man, the very thought of what Mr. Dishart has done for you would make you run past the public houses. It's the thought of him that sends me running to them, growled Rob, knocking down the staff. Let me alone. What do you mean by that? demanded McQueen, hooking him this time. Spirit himself. Spirit the woman. What woman? Take your staff out of my neck not till you tell me why you of all people are speaking against the minister torn by a desire for a confident and loyalty to gavin rob was already in a fury say again he burst forth that i was speaking against the minister and i'll practice on you what i'm owed to do to her who is she was wa the woman who the minister i said nothing about a woman said poor rob alarmed for gavin doctor i'm ready to swear afore a bailey that i never saw them together at the kimes the kimes exclaimed the doctor suddenly enlightened pooh you only mean the egyptian rob make your mind easy about this i know why he met her there do you ken that she has bewitched him do you ken i saw him trying to put his arms around her do you ken they have a trysting place and cut him wood this came from rob in a rush and he would fain have called it all back huh, i'm drunk doctor roaring drunk he said hastily and it was not a minister i saw the it was another man nothing more could the doctor draw from rob but he had heard sufficient to smoke some pipes on like many who pride themselves on being recluses mcqueen loved the gossip that came to him uninvited 
indeed he opened his mouth to it as greedily as any man in thrums he respected gavin however too much to find this new dish palatable and so his researches to discover whether other idlicks shared rob's fears were conducted with caution is there no word of your minister's getting a wife yet he asked several but only got for answers there's word of a glasgow lady sending him baskets of flowers or he has his eye open but he's taking his time ay he's looking for the blade of corn in the stack of chaff this convinced mcqueen that the congregation knew nothing of the egyptian but it did not satisfy him and he made an opportunity of inviting gavin into the surgery it was to the doctor the coziest nook in his house but to me and many others a room that smelled of hearses on the top of the pipes and tobacco tins that littered the table there usually lay a death certificate placed there deliberately by the doctor to scare his sister who had a passion for putting the surgery to rights by the way mcqueen said after he and gavin had talked a little while did i ever advise you to smoke it is your usual form of salutation gavin answered laughing but i don't think you ever supplied me with a reason i dare say not i am too experienced a doctor to cheapen my prescriptions in that way however here is one good reason i have noticed sir that at your age a man is either a slave to a pipe or to a woman do you want me to lend you a pipe now then i am to understand asked gavin slyly that your locket came into your possession in your pre-smoking days and that you merely wear it from habit tuts answered the doctor buttoning his coat i told you there was nothing in the locket if there is i have forgotten what it is you are a hopeless old bachelor i see said gavin unaware that the doctor was probing him he was surprised next moment to find mcqueen in the ecstasies of one who has won a rubber now then cried the jubilant doctor as you have confessed so much tell me all about her name and address please confess what have i confessed it won't do mr dishart for even your face betrays you no no i am an old bird but i have not forgotten the ways of the fledglings hopeless bachelor sir is a sweetmeat in every young man's mouth until of a sudden he finds it sour that means the bands when is it to be we must find the lady first said the minister uncomfortably you tell me in spite of that face that you have not fixed on her the difficulty i suppose would be to persuade her to fix on me not a bit of it but you admit there is someone who would have me you are wriggling out of it is it the banker's daughter no gavin cried i hear you have walked up the back wind with her three times this week the town is in a ferment about it she is a great deal in the back wind fiddle-dee-dee i am oftener in the back wind than you and i never meet her there that is curious no it isn't but never mind perhaps you have fallen to miss pennyquick's piano did you hear it going as we passed the house she seems always to be playing on her piano not she but you are supposed to be musical and so when she sees you from her window she begins to thump if i am in the school wind and hear the piano going i know you will turn the corner immediately however i am glad to hear it is not mrs pennyquick then it is the factor at the spittles lassie well done sir you should arrange to have the wedding at the same time as the old earl's which comes off in summer i believe one foolish marriage is enough in a day doctor eh you call him a fool for marrying a young wife well no doubt he is but he would have been a bigger fool to marry an old one however it is not lord rintoul we are discussing but gavin dishart i suppose you know that the factor's lassie is an heiress 
and therefore would scorn me try her said the doctor dryly her father and mother as i know married on a ten-pound note but if i am wrong again i must adopt the popular view in thrum it is a glasgow lady after all man you needn't look indignant at hearing that the people are discussing your intended you can no more stop it than a doctor's orders could keep lang tammas out of church they have discovered that she sends you flowers twice every week they never reach me answered gavin then remembered the holly and winced some persisted the relentless doctor even speak of your having been seen together but of course if she is a glasgow lady that is a mistake where did they see us asked gavin with a sudden trouble in his throat you are shaking said the doctor keenly like a medical student at his first operation but as for the story that you and the lady have been seen together i can guess how it arose do you remember that gypsy girl the doctor had begun by addressing the fire but he suddenly wheeled round and fired his questions in the minister's face gavin however did not even blink why should i have forgotten her he replied coolly oh in the stress of other occupations but it was your getting the money from her at kimes for nanny that i was to speak of absurd though it seems i think some dotard must have seen you and her at the kimes and mistaken her for the lady mcqueen flung himself back in his chair to enjoy this joke fancy mistaking that woman for a lady he said to gavin who had not laughed with him i think nanny has some justification for considering her a lady the minister said firmly well i grant that but what made me guffaw was a vision of the harum-scarum devil-may-care little egyptian mistress of an idly manse she is neither harum-scarum nor devil-may-care gavin answered without heed for he was no longer a distracted minister you don't understand her as i do no i seem to understand her differently what do you know of her that is just it said the doctor irritated by gavin's coolness i know she saved nanny from the poorhouse but i don't know where she got the money i know she can talk fine english when she chooses but i don't know where she learned it i know she heard that the soldiers were coming to thrums before they knew of their destination themselves but i don't know who told her you who understand her can doubtless explain these matters she offered to explain them to me gavin answered still unmoved but i forbade her why it is no business of yours doctor forgive me for saying so in thrums replied mcqueen a minister's business is everybody's business i have often wondered who helped her to escape from the soldiers that night did she offer to explain that to you she did not perhaps said the doctor sharply because it was unnecessary that was the reason you helped her escape i did and you are not ashamed of it? i am not why were you so anxious to screen her she saved some of my people from gaul which was more than they deserved i have always understood that you concealed two of them in your own stable maybe i did the doctor had to allow but i took my stick to them next morning besides there were thrums folk while you had never set eyes on that imp of mischief before i cannot sit here doctor and hear her called names gavin said rising but mcqueen gripped him by the shoulder for pity's sake sir don't let us wrangle like a pair of women i brought you here to speak my mind to you and speak it i will i warn you mr dishart that you are being watched you have been seen meeting this lassie in caddam as well as at the kimes let the whole town watch doctor i have met her openly and why oh don't make nanny your excuse i won't i met her because i love her 
are you mad cried mcqueen you speak as if you would marry her yes replied gavin determinedly i mean to do it the doctor flung up his hands i give you up he said raging i give you up think of your congregation man i have been thinking of them and as soon as i have a right to do so i shall tell them what i have told you and until you tell them i will keep your madness to myself for i warn you that as soon as they know there will be a vacancy at the ugly kirk of thrums she is a woman said gavin hesitating though preparing to go of whom any minister might be proud she is a woman the doctor roared that no congregation would stand oh if you will go there is your hat perhaps gavin's face was whiter as he left the house than when he entered it but there was no other change those who were watching him decided that he was looking much as usual except that his mouth was shut very firm from which they concluded that he had been taking the doctor to task for smoking they also noted that he returned to mcqueen's house within half an hour after leaving it but remained no time some explained this second visit by saying that the minister had forgotten his cravat and had gone back for it what really sent him back however was his conscience he had said to mcqueen that he helped babbie escape from the soldiers because of kindness to his people and he returned to own that it was a lie gavin knocked at the door of the surgery but entered without waiting for a response mcqueen was no longer stamping through the room red and furious he had even laid aside his pipe he was sitting back in his chair looking half mournfully half contemptuously at something in his palm his hand closed instinctively when he heard the door open but gavin had seen that the object was an open locket it was only your reference to the thing the detected doctor said with a grim laugh that made me open it forty years ago sir i phew it is forty-two years and i have not got over it yet he closed the locket with a snap i hope you have come back dishart to speak more rationally gavin told him why he had come back and the doctor said he was a fool for his pains it is useless dishart to make another appeal to you quite useless doctor gavin answered promptly my mind is made up at last End of chapter twenty